I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Wright Brothers. So grab your airplane. And let's get civical. Everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski. And I have something to tell you, Arden, <gasps> which is in the spirit of not only the holiday season, yeah. but also our friendship. Yeah. I finally watched the original Miracle on 34th <gasps> Street. Oh, she does So we can continue. <laughs> We can continue our friendship. We can continue this podcast because I finally, I'm reaching across the aisle oh. in a, in the spirit of friendship. And oh. I did watch it. And what did you and think? And I, I watched it with Kyle and we loved it. It was so fun. The, the, the man who plays Chris Kringle, the old man, mm -hmm. a star. A star. An absolute star. Also, young Natalie Wood is 
amazing. So good. She's honestly such a strong child actor. Yeah. She's so good. I I was in awe of her of her work. Yeah. And yeah, and like such a it's such a love letter to the post office. Mm-hmm. Love letter to <laughs> in the a post way that office, I love to like oh. New York. I love the like New York of that era is so fun. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it in color or black and white? Black and white. Okay. Oh, good. 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 That was the only option available. Great. To me. Great. The only character I really didn't like was the mom. I'm like, why are yeah. you teaching your kid that like there's there's nothing to play pretend about or like don't have an imagination don't believe in fairy tales don't believe in this i'm like girl like just get like get an ounce of joy i know and like she was the worst she's yeah it's it's hard the mom is not a likable character for the majority of the movie and in that one and in the remake it's hard they don't give you enough of her story. In the in the remake, they do a better job of it, but they don't give you enough mm. of her story to, yeah. ma- to, like, have you sympathize with the fact that she's kind of a bitch and, like, ra- raising her yeah. daughter yeah. without joy or fantasy or stories or play. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, God, this poor little girl <laughs> has no joy in her life until she meets Santa Claus. Until she meets Santa Claus. And then the mother, spoiler alert, also finds joy. Because she too now believes. Because she Claus. too now believes in Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. Great was villain one. in mm-hmm. the in the psychiatrist or whatever he oh, was. So good. Such a good. Such a, such a good villain. Yeah, I love the like the psychiatric test that they do, like mm-hmm. all of the questions, the trials. Great. Yeah, I love and I love that moment. Yeah, with the the two postal workers who were like, we've got all these letters. Let's send them down to the to the courthouse. They got them on trial. Yeah. Send them down there. Make them deal with it. Like it's so ah, oh, one of my favorites. So good. So I'm yeah, so that's glad you my. Watched it. I know. I know. I kept I kept this under under the hood just just for this moment to tell you that I finally did it. So good. Aw, thank you. For our friendship. You. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and I know that you have a great transition. For us, but it'll uh, it is based on me alerting the listeners that prior to us pressing record, I just went through a slew of stops and starts with trying to get my equipment to work in a way that I was like, "Oh, is everything broken? Mm-hmm. Is this it? <laughs> do I have to get? Do I have to buy all new stuff? Because <laughs> I just couldn't figure out what was, going, what was on. going on." And Arden watched all of it. Mm-hmm, I did, and and. <laughs> sympathized because that was me what two or three weeks ago when i was like yeah i don't understand why why yeah. won't you recognize the microphone i've been using for two years why right right like come on right. come on my guy oh come on and i could only imagine that trying to get the technology to work mm. so that we could record this episode mm-hmm. was exactly the frustration experienced by the wright brothers trying to get their planes to fly we are building a plane right now in the air we're building a plane in the air i can't wait throughout this process to figure out which one of us is wilbur (laughs) and which one of us is orville (laughs) (laughs) oh my god well (laughs) i think it was wilbur wilbur one of them died super young so i really hope neither one of us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> remember that oh poor but i didn't know they sentiment. died young spoiler spoiler well the one the one lived to like 70 or 80 or something which was pretty old yeah. 
considering the time. But the other one, I think, yeah, like 45, maybe. I think he died. But they're from Ohio. Which okay. Check. Huge for you. Huge for me. Yeah, we're obviously talking about the Wright <laughs> brothers today. Yeah, today. We're, we're going to the Friendly Skies, who are friendly to everybody but me. Uh, so Seriously. I can't wait to figure out how my true arch nemesis of this life, the aeroplane, came to be. <laughs> and if you're new to the show, you know that there is not a single flight I can get on that will leave on time. So every I am delayed in perpetuity. I truly, I have not <laughs> met anybody else who so reliably has mm-hmm. consistent problems flying in planes. It's crazy. It's it is nuts. crazy. Anytime you're like, I'm flying to such and such. I'm like, all right. Um, good luck. Good luck. See you on Thursday. Like, I just don't. Yeah. It, oh, all the time. All the time. My favorite thing is when I fly with friends and they go, I have great flight luck. So I will balance you out. And then what happens? I burn us to the ground. <laughs> Like you can't, you can't out, you can't outdo what I've got going on. No. Like whatever I did in a past life, maybe to one of the Wright brothers, I don't know, has made it to where I cannot depart or arrive on time. It is wild. I've been trapped on planes. I, it's just, and it's I've not been like stranded. You, it's not like you fly multiple times a month. Like you, you no. fly a normal amount for a person yeah. who lives in a coastal city and has family in other places and likes to occasionally go a different place than that. Yeah. You're not like say once once or twice a quarter. Right. Exactly. Do I have to get on an airplane Mm -hmm. on a busy in a busy year. Yep. And the air just doesn't want you in it. Doesn't want me in it, but it did want the Wright brothers. So we're gonna talk about the success stories and we're not gonna harp on the failures, which is me. But before we do, do you want to talk about today's sources? I would love. So history.com. Course. Course. Kids Nat Geo, National Geographic. Yes. We love it. Love. And uh, an article in Smithsonian Magazine from Carolyn Cranking. Had a ton of fun information and like backstory and all of that. Yes. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, let's start from the very beginning and talk about who were these guys? Who were these two brothers who were like, you know what? Land is not where it's at. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to go up. So we're going to talk about the Wright brothers. Here we go. Wilbur and Orville Wright were American inventors and the pioneers of aviation. In 1903, the Wright brothers achieved one of the first flights with a powered, sustained, and controlled airplane. They surpassed their own milestone two years later when they built and flew the first fully practical airplane. So between 1903 and 1905, they're like, we're getting in the air. Yeah, they're working hard. We're getting in the air. Wilbur Wright was born on April 16, 1867, near Millville, Indiana. He was the middle child in a family of five children. I always thought there was just the two of them. I know, I did too. Can you imagine being one of the other three siblings to the Wright brothers? Well, the funny, I didn't put this in there because it, it is a fact about their sister and not about them. So they never went to college. Their younger sister, or a, a sister, 
um, I can't remember if she was older or younger, but I think her name was like Catherine maybe was the only one to go to college, like the girl mm-hmm. and also not the ones who invented the airplane. Sure. Went sure. to college. But yeah, I had no idea that they had siblings. I love it. The family later moved to Dayton, Ohio. As a child, Wilbur's playmate was his younger brother, Orville, who was born in 1871 in Dayton. So Wilbur's the eldest and Orville's the youngest Orville. of the two. Little, yes. Orville. Orville. I mean, talk about two strong names. Wilbur it's and Orville. Orville. A choice. Mm. A choice. Their father, Milton Wright, was a bishop in the Church of the United Brethren in Christ, and his preaching took him on the road frequently, and he often brought back small toys for his children. I bet he's about to bring back an aeroplane. Here we go. Oh, sure enough. In 1878, he brought back a small model helicopter for his boys, made of cork, bamboo, and paper, and powered by a rubber band to twirl its blades, the model was based on a design by the French aeronautical pioneer, oh my god, Alphonse? Yes. Pinod? I'm going to say Pinod. Pinod? Pinod. Alphonse? Let me spell this name. A-L-P-H-O-N-S-E. Yes. Alphonse. I love that name. Alphonse. Alphonse. Pinod. Thank you for giving me the French. Always give me the French. Fascinated by the toy and its mechanics, Wilbur and Orville would develop a lifelong love of aeronautics and flying. Wilbur, the eldest, was a bright and studious child and excelled in school. His personality was outgoing and robust, and he made plans to attend Yale University after high school. Great. Yes. (laughs) He never got that far because he got sidetracked with the making of the planes. Sure, as you do. As you do. Live your dream. Growing up, the Wrights also learned to work with tools, a skill they received from their mother. She was the one who fixed things around the house, Mm. breaking the stereotype for women at the time. Quote, the father couldn't hammer a nail in straight, but their mother, who was the daughter of a carriage maker and a wheelwright, she learned to use tools as a young woman. And that's a quote from Peter Jacob, a senior curator at the National Air and Space Museum. I want to get to the National Air and Space Museum. I know. I really got to get there. I know. I really got to get that's there. Good. I mean, yeah, shout out to their mom. Yeah. was just like, okay, I'm going to hang the curtains. Right. This guy can't seem to do anything with it. Your dad's all in his feels. Right. Love it. Love it. In the winter of 1885 to 86, an accident changed the course of Wilbur's life. He was badly injured in an ice hockey game when another player's stick hit him in the face. Oh. I mean, we're talking like 1885 hockey stick to the face. That thing is probably made of lead. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, lead. And there's not a doctor who could have... Plastic surgery is not a thing yet. Mm -mm. Oh, my God. Though most of his injuries healed, the incident plunged Wilbur into a depression. He did not receive Mm. his high school diploma, he canceled plans to go to college, and he retreated to his family's home. Wilbur spent much of this period at home reading books in his family's library and caring for his ailing mother, who died in 1889 of tuberculosis. Oh, 
I know. You know something we should do? What? An a, episode, a, episode on, on TV? It's like on tuberculosis or like tuberculosis hospitals. Yeah. Like it's a crazy, crazy, crazy time in our history where like everybody was like ill with tuberculosis. I know. I'm like, how is it that the disease is that bad and so it just kills you? Or is it that we didn't have, like, maybe they just needed a decongestant and they would have been fine? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's the 1800s, I am sure. I mean, considering nobody's in mass dying of tuberculosis nowadays. Right. I feel as though, number one, we got it under control. But sure. number two, we now have treatments for it that probably, much like COVID, mm-hmm. reduce the mortality rate significantly. Like, do people right. still die of tuberculosis? I'm sure they do. Right. But it's not happening at the rate that it was when there was not no. the medications to fight against it. Yes. I would assume. Yes. I, I, I'm positive you are correct. I am always correct. Always correct. <laughs> it's not true. I've Queen told Lizzie. so many lies. I've told so many mistruths on this podcast accidentally. <laughs> but nonetheless. <laughs> and then there's the one that you told in real life that was about that the guy from Creed is actually. Oh, my God. Well, that's just that's 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 a low that's the lowest moment for for me. Wait, I can't remember what it is though. That it's the guy who plays Creed in the Office right. is the lead singer of the Creed. band Creed. <laughs> oh my god, I'll never get. That's over what that. I would tell people is my fun fact, and it's one thousand percent untrue. It couldn't be even like less true. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Then in 1889, the Wright brothers started their own newspaper called the West Side News. How cute. 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 Wilbur edited the paper and Orville was the publisher. Okay, great. <laughs> Should go off, Orville. Go off. The brothers also shared a passion for bicycles. Sure. A new craze that was sweeping the country. <laughs> coast to coast. Coast to coast. Bicycles <laughs> everywhere. In 1892, Wilbur and Orville opened a bike shop fixing bicycles and selling their own design. I like that, like, it seems as though any type of quote-unquote hobby that they had, they were like, yeah, th- now let's just do a shop. Let's just do a shop. Let's just open a shop. Like- I like bicycles. Right. You like bicycles. I like newspapers. You like newspapers. Now it's a business. It's a business. Now we're They're going to They're entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, when, was, when did we say they were born? I want to know how old they are when they're opening up this bike shop. It was eight, Orville's 1871 and Wilbur was 1867. So they're like early 20s. 30, 2030s. Yeah. Yeah. Which is about the time you open your first publishing house and or bike and or shop. And bike shop. And, and then or- figure out how to fly. Exactly. I mean, that's when I did it. Exactly right. Speaking of flying, let's talk about the first flight. So the brothers obviously never lost their love of flying. At the time, other aircrafts, such as gliders or aircrafts without engines, did exist, but the Wrights wanted to add more power to the objects that were flying. In 1899, the brothers began experimenting with building their own aircrafts. So they're like, I think this can go faster. Mm -hmm. I think this can go faster. More power. Always working on different mechanical projects and keeping up with scientific research, the Wright brothers closely followed the research of German aviator Otto Lilienthal. When he died in a glider crash, the brothers decided to start their own experiments with flight. What I something I aim to be uh-huh. is somebody who keeps up with scientific research. Which was not easy to perform, I don't think, or read, like, acquire at this time. No. And yet... Slow information. Slow information. My favorite thing about what you just read is that they were following the research of this German flyer guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Who died during his own test flight. Yeah. And they were like, okay, we're going to make it better. We're going to improve on this. Yep. (laughs) No more dying. No more dying. Wilbur and Orville realized that the flight experimenters had hit three main roadblocks to progress. They lacked a way to control the aircraft, Bad. a good wing design, and a propulsion system to power the flight. From there, solving these problems became the brothers' goal. So they're like, okay, three things. If we get these three things, then we are going to be in the air non Nonstop. So we need we need a we need a, a wheel <laughs> to, to steer this whole thing. We need wings, and we gotta have a motor. Yeah. Their first breakthrough came with balancing the wings in flight. They realized that the angle of the wing against the oncoming air was key in producing lift, and angling one wing more than the other gave them control of the glider. 
To do this, they came up with an elegant method of simply twisting the wings in opposite direction to achieve the different amounts of lifts on each side. This wing warping, as they called it, appeared to solve the issue of control. Yeah, so they're like, oh, if we go, if we turn this one, the plane goes this way. If we turn this one, they go that way. (laughs) After confirming their design worked using a non-piloted device called a right kite, (laughs) the brothers built a series of full-size gliders to see how far wing warping could take them. Wilbur and Orville packed up and went to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, a place known for its strong winds, to make their first flight tests. Isn't it wild? Because I always wondered, like, when I when I traveled to North Carolina, which is simply only to go through the airport, why it was always known as, like, the, the flying state or right. whatever it was, yeah. where, like, the first flight happened. And, you know, I feel bad for Ohio. Because, I know, thank like, you. It could have been Ohio. It could have been but Ohio. these guys, they needed better wind. They, yeah. And we do have wind, but not as strongly as not, not like Kitty this, Hawk, yeah. North Carolina. So their first glider didn't produce nearly as much lift as they had expected. They built a larger model to test the following year in 1901, but that glider was even worse. So we're failing, we're failing, we're, we're failing. failing. Confused by the way their calculations didn't align with their real-world performance, the brothers ran numerous experiments. They created a wind tunnel and tested up to 200 different wing shapes in it. Not only did their tests correct a widely accepted figure in aeronautics, the inaccurate Smeaton coefficient for air pressure, which had been throwing off their calculations, but they also settled on the most effective wing shape, solving the second problem. So in this experiment where they're trying 200 different types of wings, they realize that this thing that all of the smarty pants had decided on was incorrect. Wrong. It's wrong. Wrong. A plus B does not equal D. It actually equals C. And we've all been saying as a collective mm-hmm. that it equaled D. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's not That's working. why it's wrong. Because we're not... What we are doing... Otherwise, would have worked. It's would have worked. Smeaton. 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 So then in 1902, while working on their third glider, the brothers added a movable rudder that could be manipulated by the pilot in the same motion as the wings. Great. So we've added more control. We're adding more control. What is crazy at, up to this point, because we've been doing this for a couple of years now, yeah. the Wright brothers. Yeah. And they've built, like, how many planes? (laughs) Imagine, I can't imagine building Ikea furniture. And these these young men built several, several, plural, gliders, planes, etc. Yes. Within, like, a month span. Like, it's, it's wild. It's really crazy. It's the dedication. There's no plans. They're making it up as they go. There's no pre-drilled holes. I, it's, yeah, there's no, what's, the, what's that tool called? The Allen key. The Allen key. There's oh no Allen key. Allen didn't exist probably yet. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. When their 1902 glider successfully flew, it earned the title of the world's first fully controllable flying machine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. With that record under their belts, the brothers set their sights on a new goal, building a powered airplane. So they've, they've 
gotten the plane to the point where they're satisfied, I think, with the solutions for the first two problems, control mm-hmm. and wings. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this can glide through the air successfully yes. if we have the right wind. Right. Now, but now I want to fly when there's not wind. Right. So now we need power. But problems remained. For one, of course. of course, for one, the Wrights still didn't have an engine, and they lacked a method of thrust or forward motion for their aircraft. To solve both of these, Wilbur and Orville returned to their bicycle shop routes. Hey. The Wrights designed their own engine and had their bike shop mechanic, Charlie Taylor, help build it. Okay, okay, okay. If I'm Charlie Taylor, I'm pissed. Yeah, right? I am pissed. pissed. This is history erasure. Uh-huh. Because it does sound jazzy to say the Wright brothers were the, you know, inventors of flying. Not the Wright brothers and Charlie, Charlie Taylor. Taylor. No. I agree. Sorry, Charlie. I know. He got snubbed in history. The four-cylinder gasoline engine, quote, was kind of crude even for the standards of the day. But that was not a huge concern for the Wrights. They just wanted a basic engine that was going to give them the minimum horsepower that they needed to get off the ground. But the real breakthrough in propulsion were the propellers. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And that's from the curator guy at the National Air and Space Museum. Originally, the Wrights had considered using a ship's propeller for the air. Sounds large. And heavy. Sounds a little large and in charge, if I do say so myself. A little large and in charge. Now, mind you, I am picturing the one from the Titanic in the movie. Of course, because that's all we know. That's all we know. Uh, But I do think that it's pretty... I don't think they would have, like, made it seem bigger than it was for the film. (laughs) There's some historical accuracy there. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, they wanted to use the ship's propeller. When they realized that that wouldn't work... No. (laughs) No, no. They came up with the innovative idea of turning an airplane wing on its side and rotating it to generate thrust. Use what you have. Use Use what what you have. have. Use what you know. Absolutely. Everything you need is already within your grasp. Mm -hmm. This would create the same lift force that a wing does, but horizontally rather than vertically, moving the plane forward. They connected a pair of propellers to the engine, with a system that resembled a bicycle chain. Sure, sure. Great. By the end of 1903, their powered airplane was ready to test. On December 17th, the right, the right flyer flew four times, with the brothers switching off as the pilot. For the fourth and final flight of the day, Wilbur piloted the plane, lying on his stomach at the controls. This was the longest and most significant of these attempts. It lasted 59 seconds, covered 852 feet, and proved the flyer could make a sustained, controlled, and powered heavier-than-air flight. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, they did it. Hell yeah. Shout out to Wilbur. Shout out to Wilbur. We're getting in there. Mm-hmm. Getting in there and getting up there for, for nearly a minute. A minute. A single minute. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. When you think about it. When you're in something that's completely man-made, in a position yeah, where and- man is not supposed to be. In the right, air. and you're like, oh, I hope this doesn't <laughs> no, we don't come die. swirling to the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let's talk about what happened after we've achieved flight. Though the Wright brothers had made history, their airplane was essentially only a proof of concept. 
It could make straight-line flights, but the design didn't yet have any practical use for society. Okay, well, like, give them a second. <laughs> I know, rude. They haven't come we're up like, with okay, a marketing sure, plan yet. We're just trying to get a skeleton of what we're trying to figure out here, <laughs> you know? Over the next couple of years, the partners refined the aircraft. In 1905, Wilbur flew a new and improved version for 39 minutes. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Completing 30 wide aerial circles that totaled 24.5 miles. So they, like, figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah. They're like, okay, now that we've got it, we've got it. We've got it. Now it's just about fine-tuning. The brothers had applied for a patent, which if you haven't listened to, listened to our episode <gasps> on trademarks and patents, go listen. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. They applied for a patent, but they hardly sought out any press attention for their achievements. In fact, for the next two and a half years, as the patenting process played out, they looked for customers for their new invention, but they didn't fly at all. Quote, oh wait. I'll say this later. It kind of goes back to that family mindset. They didn't trust the outside world. The brothers didn't want to reveal their work or have anyone copy it until they had all of their patent protection and contracts in place. I'm going to make sense. Yes. Smart. We built the airplane. Yeah. But the lack of publicity became a problem for the rights when others started to claim they had beaten the Midwesterners to flight. Europeans, it always comes back to the Europeans, operating on incomplete details that they had heard about the brothers' planes, tried and failed with the design. This led them to believe that there was no way that the men could have really flown. Oh, listen. Just you wait. Just you wait. You only have partial information. That's why you got to do the work yourself. No copying. No copying. In 1908, Wilbur demonstrated their planes in France in an attempt to put these misconceptions to rest. Not only did he succeed in proving what he and Orville had done, but he also became an instant international sensation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You fly in yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like, you think I can't, you, you think we can't fly this plane? <laughs> Hold my beer. Uh-huh. Sir, go off, Wilbur. Go off. As Wilbur toured France and Italy, meeting with royals and performing numerous flights, Orville focused on demonstrating at home, working to earn a military contract. I love this. They're like, we know what we have. We are entrepreneurs. Let me demonstrate the new thing to you. Also, we're making contracts, military contracts. We're going straight to the military where the money is. Oh, yeah. No, this was, these people were so smart. So smart. But in 1908, with Army observer Thomas E. Selfridge as a passenger, Orville's aircraft crashed. Oh. Bad. Bad for business. Selfridge died from the accident, and Orville sustained Mm. injuries that never fully went away. He suffered from back problems and sciatica pain for the rest of his life. But after more flight trials with a new airplane, the Wrights secured a contract from the Army in 1909. And thank God they did. Thank God they did. Where would we be in our wars without the planes? I know. Truly. Eventually, Orville and Catherine, the inventor's younger sister, joined Wilbur in Europe to close out the tour. When they returned home, the brothers were met with a hero's welcome. 
celebrations, medals, and a commendation from President William Howard Taft. Hell yeah, William Hell yeah. Howard Taft. He's like, way to go, guys. Way to go. Represent the state. We didn't even know what you were up to. No. What's that thing? Look at that go. What's that thing? I want to see it fly. <laughs> I don't want to see it fly. You could not get me into a Wrights Brothers plane to save my life. No, Mm-mm. there's no oxygen mask. There is no bar mm-hmm. cart. There is no wall. There is no wall. <laughs> it's sort of out in the open. It's sort of out in the open. So here's just a little fun fact. It's more about the bicycles because I just thought it was really cute. So fun fact, fun fact, fun fact, fun fact, fun fact. Boo. Boo. Today, bicycles known to have been made by the Wright brothers are exceedingly rare. In fact, as few as five are known to exist. Wow. One can be seen at the museum, the National Air and Space Museum, spotlighted in a display case. Its curved racing handlebars and saddle seat make it look modern, though it dates to 1898. It cost $42.50, which adjusted for inflation, rings up to about $1,500 today. Yikes. I mean. It's a cool, like, you should look at the picture. I have seen the bike. Look at look at the picture. Maybe put it on social if you want. It looks like something you would buy at like REI. Sure. <laughs> like sure. It's, there's nothing. I mean, I'm, it's it looks rusted and like worn and all of that. But aside from that, well, I'm like, it's hundred years old. No, it's hundred years old. <laughs> but aside from that, I'm like, this looks like. Did you were you made by whatever big bicycle company now exists that I don't even like? I couldn't even tell you a name brand of a bike. Schwinn. Schwinn. Are you made by Schwinn? Are you made by Schwinn? No, I'm a right. Uh, I'm a right brother's brothers. creation. Mm -hmm. Wow. I would love to see. I really got to get to the Air and Space Museum. It feels like, feels like where all of the answers are for me. You know, because I'm like, it has, it has the, the NASA stuff. Yeah. It has the airplane stuff. Yeah. It's like a cross section of my greatest joy and my greatest enemy. I just think that, like, <laughs> when I go there, something will happen. Like, night at the museum-esque <laughs> type things will happen. And, and it's time. It's, it's time. time. You should go. It's sh- time. We should go. I love it. Well, that concludes our episode on the Wright Brothers. Thank you for flying with us today. Your baggage claim will be baggage claim 12. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. It's actually, it's apropos because I'm getting on a flight next week. Oh. Next week. And let me tell you how much I'm looking forward to it. It is 0%. 0% looking forward to it. 0%. 0%. But I will be thinking of Wilbur and Orville. Yes. My guys. Yes. While I'm on that flight. Uh-huh. Well, while that flight just sits on the tarmac and does not leave the airport. <laughs> you know what? You're going to look around that plane and be like, you know what? At least this one has walls and a this potty. Is, this is what they wanted. Uh-huh. Imagine. Imagine. But anyways, in the meantime, we love you so, so much. And as always, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.